0: But John writes this letter, the first John, he is writing this letter to deal with heresy, to deal with false teachers. Um, I, I, we said, we've said for several outings now that we are living in a day when there, there's so much false information being disseminated uh, to, to everybody, but I, I really believe, if I've heard the Holy Spirit, that... The target of, of this stuff is the church. You know, the devil has always wanted to sit uh, uh, above the congregation. He, he, he's always wanted to sway us. That was his goal. And some of us are inadvertently uh, swayed. That means we're not in intending on being persuaded by the devil but because sometimes we're careless or sometimes we have uh, interests that God doesn't have we talked about fellowshipping with God and then fellowshipping with each other and without a common interest we can't fellowship and so that means that as believers here we need to have common interests with each other, and we need to have the, common, the interest of God. What is God after? Are we after the same things? Are, are we being led by God or by the small g-o-d of this world, the rule of this world? We want to be like Jesus who says uh, at the, at the, the night before his passion, he says, the ruler of this world comes, but he has nothing in me. And, and that's my goal, is to be able to say that, that truly I have no thought, no idea, no uh, proclivity toward anything that is his. And, and that's what I, I believe. I've, I've been writing for a few days, a few weeks now, in uh, the bulletin messages with a little, maybe a couple of lines about the default position that we have this default position. That is, when you are not consciously aware of situations and circumstances and yourself, what is your default position? For example, uh, let's say if uh, the cameras are not on you, the police aren't there, and somebody slaps you, you just, uh, you shouldn't do that, you know. But if they're not there and the cameras are not there, what would you do? You know, would you reach for it or... uh, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming Texans, you know, you know, but, you know, what would you, what would you do? Would you punch them? Would you slap them back before uh, 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 the, you knew what you had done? You know, that's, that's what I call the default. That is, that that's where you go when you're not actively being nice. So I want that part of me to be totally safe my subconscious. I want God to be in my consciousness, in my active thought life, my, where, I, where I have my, my present volition, and I want him there in the recesses so that I'm the same when I'm surprised by a, a mean statement or a slap upside the head or whatever. I'm, I'm the same as I would be if you offered me $100. You know what I'm saying? So, so that's what God really wants of us. And uh, and so anyway, I want to just try to inculcate, embed in us the, the reality of God, the truth of God, so that we are the same all the time, so that we are truly God's people and God's property, that we don't have interests in the world that are contrary to God. We, we, don't, we don't have that. It doesn't matter what those interests are. If God is not in it, I don't want to. We talked about... about um, Uh, The world uh, basically has repudiated God. The things that are in the world are not of God. In the world system, that that system of governance, uh, that system of of sociality and, and of economy and those things, it's just not of God. It's something of the world, because God's economy was nothing like our modern economies. God's economy I mean, was not forgiving of debt and, and uh, you know, letting the land go back to the original owners. <laughs> but once we get it, we get it. Those are the things that you have to, we have to pull you uh, away from. So John is addressing this letter to the church, and, and since he doesn't say that the church at such and, such and such place, then we, we believe that the Holy Spirit intended for John to address it to all of us yes. and, and and John is dealing with warning against false teachers he 's telling us that we are that we 've known uh, him who is, uh, who is from the beginning he 's telling us that we have been born again uh, of him and that we are We are strong and have overcome the wicked one, and we are powerful. He said, but you need to be careful of these false teachers. Um, At the congregational meeting uh, yesterday, my wife persuaded me to... uh, Wives are sometimes persuasive. Is that a a false statement? I thought it was false in that they're always persuasive. (laughs) But she, she... she persuaded me uh, th- th- to show a, a clip, video clip, of a uh, brother Benny Hinn, who uh, is this one of these uh, prosperity guys, uh, men, and they just prosperity, money, 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 and there are a lot of them on TV, and uh, they, and some of you probably give money to them, but uh, they they. Uh, always talking about God's going to bless you if you give this much money, give $1,000, God will break the curse of poverty in your life. I kind of felt like, always felt like, if I had $1,000, I think he'd already broken it. You know? (laughs) 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 So, so, you know. Those those guys, were, those men were trying to... (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) So... It looks like those men were trying to get get you to uh, bless them, you know, rather than you to, to help yourself. But anyway, uh, Brother Benny Hinn was repenting. He repented that he had ever been a part of that, and uh, uh, said he's he was he, he wanted to call them out, but he didn't want to name them because they're his friends and blah blah blah. Well, I, we had said before I saw that film, before I saw that clip, I said that at some juncture I think we're in transition, and I believe that God is giving us authority and permission to say whatever he has said. Sometimes you have to be careful because you can act out of your, yourself and not out of God. But I believe that he is giving us permission to just tell the the truth, uh, as, it, as it were, that just make it truth and let, let everything fall wherever it may fall. And so I, th- we are living in a day because this is such a serious time when deception is everywhere. And so let's take up uh, John's message to us uh, here in uh, verse 18, where he says, little children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come by which we know that it is the last hour. Many Antichrists. So, so those who oppose Christ, those who are the, the opposite of Christ, he says, he says that many of them have come. And that's how we know it is the last hour. And he said, and in Romans 13, verses 11 and 12, uh, Paul says, And do this knowing the time that now it is high time to wake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. He says in verse 12, The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore let us cast off the works of darkness, And let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day. Walk properly as in the day. In other words, walk like you would walk when the lights are on you. Walk uh, properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness and in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy. But put on the Lord Jesus and make no provision for the flesh, who fulfill its lust. And so Paul is saying that your Christian conduct should be just like there's a spotlight on you, because there is, God is watching us. And so then he he goes, and Matthew 24 tells us uh, that false Christs, for false Christs and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. And so verse 19 of John, 1 John says, 1 John chapter 2, verse 19. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest, made known, revealed, uncovered, that none of them were of us. This is a very interesting story because what John is saying, that the corruptors of the church and thus of society came from obviously the apostolic group. They were leaders. It it, it wasn't the church in general. It was leaders. And we see this when we turn on our television sets or we get to see the magazines. These people who are corrupting everything, these are what we call leaders. And we have felt that it was irresponsible to say too much about it because it would look like there was a, a huge infighting. But John's exposing them. And he's exposing them to the church, and he doesn't do it privately. I've been concerned about it. But he says, they went out from us, but they were not of us. What John is saying is that we, we had the same source. They obviously rejected it. They obviously rejected the the words of the Lord, just as Judas was one of the 12, and he heard Jesus' preaching, he saw his miracles, he saw his sufferings, yet he chose something foreign. And these men were like that. There have been men, you know the scripture says that the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. For years, I have accepted what is commonly preached and taught. And if I'm wrong, I will be the first to repent to you publicly. I won't do it in, in a news in a bulletin. But I, I think that, that Jesus may be saying something that we have not considered. I, I think that when he talks about the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force, I don't think he's talking about us because I can't find anywhere in Scripture where he tells us to be violent. And I can't find anywhere in Scripture where he defines us as violent, but I think that what, he, what I think, what I infer from that Scripture is that is that strong, forceful men just come in and take advantage and take control, and, and I think that's what's going on. Because if you will look at the case, the case uh, that in his day the Pharisees and the Sadducees were such, they they were, they controlled Israel. They came in to God's vineyard and they made it their vineyard. And when the Son of God came, they kicked him out and killed him. And so I think that we have experienced this stuff. And so we have to make up our minds, who are we going to follow? We have to make a decision. We can't be in the valley of indecision. We need to be in the valley of decision and make a decision. And so he says, for if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. I used to preach continuance. I would talk about continuance. Those who are saved will continue. And I changed it to persevere. But they will continue. John says, says, if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. Yeah. And what John is showing you is that when God makes a decision concerning you, he doesn't repent for the decision. He has saved us by the death of his son, by the blood of his son. And he will not repent of that. And you and I should not be so casual about that. Our salvation is free to us, but it costs God everything. He says, they went out because they were not of us. They went out so that it would be clear to everybody. It would be made manifest that they were never of us. And so I want you to know that all these things that are happening, don't, don't get all, you know, disturbed and, and, you know, weeping and crying, oh, Jesus, what are we going to do? It says, though, though God wants you to know who is true and who is not. Amen. Amen. In, 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 in 1 Corinthians eleven nineteen, 19, the scripture says, for there must also be factions among you. I mean, you read that, you think, what? What about this peace thing? What about this unity thing? Yes, that is for the true church, but for that which is outward, that which is visible, there must be factions among us that those who are approved may be recognized among you. Amen. What, what the Lord is saying here uh, through Paul is that the truth is going to come to the surface. Amen. The truth is going to be manifest, made known, revealed, uncovered. All right, all right. And those who are not telling the truth, those who are lying to all of us, those who just want our money so they can live large will be made manifest. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. John goes on to be what I would call audacious. You know that word, audacious. Kind of a common word means got some nerve. You know? He's nervy, right? You're bold you know, really bold out there, you know. He says, he's become very audacious in First in John 4, 6. He says, we are from God. Yeah. is that powerful? He says, we are from God. And I would like for us to be able to say that without God smiting us for, for lying, you know. Yeah. We are from God. And I can say to you today, we are from God. Yeah. This is what John says. He says, whoever knows God listens to us. Now, you can say John, you've got some nerve, man. But he says, whoever is from God listens to us. Whoever knows God, rather, listens to us. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever knows God listens to us. And what John is saying is that when the truth is spoken, those people who are of the truth recognize it. That's big. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. I mentioned uh, earlier, and I should mention here just to be fair, that once we had a guest speaker who was speaking, he was hitting hard. I mean, the the guy was a heavyweight fighter, so to speak, you know. He was preaching from Amos, and he was talking about uh, the church, uh, how uh, the church or, or Israel had just become terrible. And they were worse than, as, or as bad as the heathens. And, and he was talking about our attitude and how our attitude must be right before God. And somebody just jumped up and shouted him down. And, 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 and that was, a lot of people wanted to help the preacher, but I said, shh, 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 be quiet. I think he can handle it. He, anyway, he's preaching the message. If he can't handle it, he has to stop preaching the message. <laughs> but he did handle it. But my point is, why couldn't you listen? He wasn't lying. He was telling the truth. He was preaching right out of the Bible. I didn't hear a bunch of what, it, what you would say partisan garbage. But some stuff might seem partisan when it's just the word. Are you with me? Are you, no, you know I'm not angry. I'm passionate. <laughs> now listen to what he says. This is, this is wild here. This is amazing. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. But this we know. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So John is saying the litmus test is you believe what God says or you don't. And if you believe what God says, then you're of God. If you don't, if you're mad about it, he says you're not. He doesn't say, well, you might not be, you might, no. He says you're not. This is the difference between truth and error. Wow. John, you are hitting hard. So what am I saying? Listen. If we, the church, cannot handle the truth, then everything is finished. We should be able to speak the truth and be all right about it. Amen. Amen. So I'm just saying we're living in a crazy day, a crazy hour, and we don't have to pretend like it's not here. It is. We're in it. And as I said earlier, that I want to live longer, not because I'm afraid to die. I, like some of you, have just said, take me, Lord. I've been—I prayed that prayer. Anybody on the first row ever prayed that prayer? Don't raise your hand. <laughs> I prayed that prayer. Take me, Lord. But I said, no, I want to live longer because the Bible teaches us, even in John is telling us, that the young people are for war. He says they're strong and they've overcome the wicked one. He's talking about you, you young twenty-something year olds and thirty-year-olds and forty-year-olds, strong, out there every day doing battle with the enemy and just knocking them out. Wow, wow! They're lying to you. You're just walking it out. He says you're strong, you've overcome, but still be careful. But also the scripture says, young men are for war, young women are for war, but the older ones are for counsel. And I say, I want to be around to help counsel. I want to be around to say, no, baby, that's not the voice of God. Because I have heard him. John says, we have heard him. I have heard the voice of God. So much in my life, I've heard the voice of God. And sometimes when he is speaking, it's that wonderful and beautiful spirit language. And I'm, I'm going, wait a minute. I think I'm hearing something. Wait a minute. I like that old Negro spiritual says, hush, hush. Somebody's calling my name. You know, I love that one. Wow. You know, because that's how it is when you know God and you've heard his voice and you've said, hush, 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 God's speaking. And so I want to be there to say, no, baby, that's not what God is saying. I've heard him before and this is what he is saying. That's why I want to live, not because I'm afraid to die. You will see. Should God delay the coming of Jesus, you will see, you younger people will see crazier stuff than I've seen. And I've seen crazy stuff. Hallelujah, somebody. Hallelujah, somebody. They went out from us that it might be made manifest that none of them were of us, but you have an anointing from the Holy One. So you have an anointing from the Holy One. And what this what this says, what this says is that God has laid his hand on you. If you are saved today, God laid his hand on you. This references the anointing in the Old Testament when, when Moses anointed and consecrated Aaron to the priesthood and his sons. He took the oil and he took the oil and he rubbed it on him. Hallelujah. Rubbed it on those boys and anointed them and he he consecrated them and he sanctified them and he said, go do now the work of God. Not do your own thing. You are God's property. Do whatever God wants from now on. You're anointed by God. And now John tells the church, you've been anointed by God. A man may lay his hands on you, a woman may lay her hands on you, but it is God who's anointing you. Wow. Wow. Man, I'm telling you, I, I'm excited, you know, because years ago I thought I, didn't, I did not I did. the anointing because I read it in the scripture that uh, anoint with oil, you know, lay hands on them, anoint with oil and pray over them and the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise them up, anoint them with oil. And so I just say, hey, the Bible says it, I don't have to understand it all. And so God is saying to me, he says, no, 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 son. You see, when you are anoint with oil, like they did in the Old Testament, setting them aside, you know, consecrating them for God's service, sanctifying them for God's service, sending them out to do the work of God. When you lay that oil on them, then then there was something very significant about it. It says they are now God's exclusive uh, property. And so now when I lay my hands on somebody, we say, hey, bring the oil up, and we take and lay our hands on them. I know what I'm saying is, I'm I'm laying my, i putting that oil on them, saying, you are already sanctified by God. So whatever I'm praying for, I'm in agreement with the Spirit, of God. And so I lay my hands on them now with the awe. I know something different. I'm I'm saying God has already laid hands on you. God, I'm showing it in a manifest way. I'm making it visible. I'm causing it to be known. But God himself has set you apart. God himself has sanctified you. Hallelujah. It's God who has anointed you. It's God who has anointed you. Hallelujah, somebody. But you have an anointing. So what he's saying is the anointing in you that breaks the yoke, the anointing in you that destroys the yoke, it's an anointing in you. You don't have to pray to be anointed, you are anointed. You have to learn how to walk in the anointing of God. You don't have to pray to be anointed. I wanna be anointed like Pastor Don, you are. No, you are. We have different offices, but you are. You are as anointed in your sphere as I am in my sphere. This is my sphere. So my sphere shows you what you can do in your sphere. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You are are as consecrated in your sphere and for the work he has called you to do as I am in my sphere. Hallelujah, somebody. Thank you, Jesus. You're sanctified. You're set apart. John goes on, the the scripture goes on to say in verse 27, before I get there, he says the anointing is the Holy Spirit, according to verse 27. Because he says the anointing teaches you. The anointing teaches. It teaches you. And so in this passage, the anointing is a person. The Holy Ghost is a person. And when he comes into your heart, he brings the person of Jesus there. So you're anointed, you're doubly, as it were, doubly anointed. You're anointed with Jesus. You're anointed with the Holy Ghost. And the Bible says that Jesus, in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, that Jesus went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil. He was anointed with the Holy Spirit, and he went about doing good, healing all. I call that kingdom health (laughs) care. Hallelujah. What about healing all who were oppressed of the devil? And that's God's purpose. And he has, he has consecrated you. He has separated you in your sphere. I want you to leave here today knowing that I am as anointed as anybody in my sphere. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. It may not make sense to some of you, but it but say if I were a basketball player, and I used to be, as a kid, I finally learned by the time it was too late. And I was not ever a scorer because it takes a lot of skill. I, I, I couldn't just shoot the ball from anywhere. But I could defend. I could defend. And I mean, telling you, I would be on you like white on rice. I mean, <laughs> boy, I, I could be on you. And so what I did was I had to to operate in my sphere so I could defend. I could defend. I could rebound, and I could put it back if I was two, three feet from the goal. But I worked in my sphere. And so in my sphere, I was as good as the shooter was in his sphere. So if he stayed in his sphere, operated in his sphere, and I operated in mine, we could win games. Are you with me? So the church has to understand, you've got to stay in your sphere. You are anointed for your sphere. I, I wasn't anointed to shoot, but I was anointed to rebound. I was anointed to defend. And wherever you are, walk in it. Hallelujah. You've got an anointing. You've got an anointing. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 21 and 22. Paul says, now he who establishes, that is, confirms you and stabilizes you. Come on. Look at what God has done. Confirmed you. It's like God saying, you're mine. You know? Can you imagine? You're mine. And that means that nobody better mess with you. That's what that really means. If somebody ever tried to spank me, I can tell you this truth, truthfully. Never happened, but I can tell you. If anybody ever tried to spank me in front of my daddy, oh, my mom, those sanctified people would have said, this is my child. And God is saying, this is my child. Hallelujah. And when he says, he looks at his children, he says, no weapon formed against you will prosper. That's what he says to his children. That's the anointing of God for us. The anointing of God is for us. It's God Himself laying hands on us. Come on. Come on. Come on. You know, when the wicked came against you, your enemies and your foes, they stumble and fail because God is for you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Now He who establishes, that is, confirms and stabilizes us with you in Christ. Listen, so our establishment, our confirmation is in Christ. And he says, and has anointed us is God. So he who has established you, who has confirmed you, and anointed you, is God. Is God. Wow, is God. So your anointing is a God thing. And not only that, but he says in Ephesians 1, verses 13 and 14, in him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth. See, truth is very prominent here. You heard the word of truth. And he calls the word of truth the gospel of your salvation. The gospel of your salvation. The word of truth is the gospel of your salvation. He says, in whom also, having believed, you, having believed, were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. And what he means is the Holy Spirit, the anointed Holy Spirit, the anointing of the Holy Spirit is going to keep you. That's gonna keep you. You are sealed. In other words, God took his signet ring and he stamped you. You are stamped by God. He has preserved you. You, are, you now have the seal of ownership, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not just for goosebumps. It's not just the shape. It's for ownership. Hallelujah. Ownership. I belong to God. I, he owns me. Hallelujah, somebody. Hallelujah, somebody. And he says he, he's going to take care of you until the day of redemption. And this is what he means by that. He means that until he gives you a new body. There's nothing going to hurt you. Nothing going to harm you. It's amazing. I used to wonder why God would give his son a bride like us. Can I just be straight up? I mean, we've been some of everything. All of us. Thought, word, and deed. Can you imagine? You know, God giving us his son. But don't see what God has done. He's so, he's so, so amazing. So what God has done, he, now, he saved us. And he told Peter, what God has, has cleaned, don't you call it coming. But God, God has, has cleansed us by his word and his power. And he has given us his spirit to live in a new, a new heart. He has okay. given us that. But we still got the same old bodies but inwardly, we are totally clean. And so what God is doing is taking us through this process of sanctification, that is experiential sanctification. We have the, the spoken sanctification, but now we are having the experiential sanctification, where we are growing into the sanctification. And now, but it's an amazing thing. And so by growing into that, we are now, we also have the judicial decision of being made righteous. But now we are being, as it brought through sanctification, we are being made what we have professed, what we have confessed. We are being made into that, right? And so now, that's amazing. So God is saving the soul. Right now, as I preach, He's saving our soul. He has saved us in spirit. He is saving our souls clearing up our mind, all the filthiness of the mind and all of that stuff, cleansing it. But one day, when the redemption of the body comes, we will be totally pure, like we had never, ever sinned ever in in body, in spirit, soul, and body. That's amazing. We will be a pure, spotless bride. Never have we been intimate with anyone but Jesus. Uh, Oh, 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 hallelujah, hallelujah, somebody. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. Mm. So he sealed us. He he says here, John says, I've not written to you because you do not know the truth. So church, don't say that. I don't know what to believe anymore. That means you don't come to this church often enough. (laughs) I don't know, because anyone I've heard preach from this pulpit, any of these brothers and sisters, they bring it on. Listen, he says, I've not written to you because you don't know the truth, but because you know it. And there are no liars of the truth. What What John is saying to them is that the truth is in you. The truth is in Christ. The truth is in you. You, as an individual, and even collectively, you are the pillar and ground of the truth. You're the house of God. You're the church of Jesus. You're the pillar and ground of the truth. You're the pillar and ground of the truth. So stop allowing your eye gates and your ear gates to entertain things that are lies. I'm so fed up with lies. It doesn't matter which channel I turn on. Lies. Are you with me? Can you handle the truth? Hallelujah. So John goes on in verse 22 to ask a question. He said, who is a liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist, who denies the Father and the Son. Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father either. So what he's saying to us is that if there is a religion out there that acknowledges God, they're worshiping God, but they say that Jesus is not God, he is a, a prophet, a good man, then they are Antichrist. That's big. But he says they are antichrist. I believe him because there is a witness in me that says, even when I don't understand, I believe them. I'm not some guy who's looking for something to believe and will believe a lie. No, I believe it because it is the truth, because God has made us of the truth. He has brought us forth of the truth. We are brought forth by His own will, by His own volition, of the truth. How? Through the blood of Jesus, Jesus Himself is the truth of God. So He says He is Antichrist, who denies the Father and the Son. Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father either. Wow! You know you don't you don't have to try to figure this thing out. You know you don't have to try to figure this thing out. This thing is big. It's huge. It's wonderful. It's clear. It's clear. If you don't have the Son, you don't have the Father. If you don't have the son, you don't have God. You may have something, but it's not God. You say, but pastor, don't be so dogmatic. Well, this is my dogma. This is my teaching, man. I'm gonna be dogmatic if, if, if that's what it is. But this is my dogma. This is what I'm teaching. I'm teaching from the word of God. And and it would be different if I had to get an interpreter for me, you know, to hire a professor to interpret for me. But I don't have to because I have the Holy Spirit. I was granted and gifted the Holy Spirit who lives inside me. And he inter- interprets, he tells me what's going on. He may not tell me the first day I ask, but if when I keep on asking and I keep on pursuing, one day I go, wow, God. So if you ever hear me saying, wow, I- I'm being wowed by God, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Wow. So Jesus is the whole. He is integral to our salvation. He is our salvation. He is the eternal life. So that means that you can't have eternal life without him. You can't have God without him. And so what John is telling uh, his hearers is don't listen to the liars. And John is very blunt about it. And he says those who are, they are antichrists when they say um, um, uh, Jesus is not who he says he is. He says they are antichrists. They are antichrists. Isn't that amazing? That John would be so bold to say they are antichrists. Now, some of us, we, we love our friends so much that we would never say, uh, man, you're Antichrist. I mean, you, you need to say that under advisement, you know. Be, be careful. But that's what John is giving you, some very, very good information. They are Antichrists. They, are, they have the spirit of the Antichrist, the, the one who is coming. They are Antichrist when they say such things. They oppose God, Jesus. They are against Jesus. They are opposite of Jesus. They want to something instead of Jesus. But Jesus is necessary for all that we do. In John fifteen, twenty-three, 23, uh, Jesus says, He who hates me hates my Father also. So what John is telling us, this this will help you even in your politics. John is saying anybody who hates Jesus hates the Father. So it doesn't matter what they're trying to do, they hate the Father. If I had not done among them the works which no one else did, they would have no sin. But now they have seen and also hated both me and my Father. But this happened that the word might be fulfilled, which is written in their law. They hated me without a cause. Now, what I'm going to say is those who who hung Jesus on the cross, those Pharisees and Sadducees, they hated God. They they were the ones, they had taken what God had given. They had taken this vineyard, Israel. They had taken it, and they wanted it for themselves. And when God sent servants, prophets, to to talk to them, they beat them, they stoned them, they kicked them out. They are the violent men who were trying to take God's things for themselves. And the Son of God came with the Word of God, the life of God, the light of God, and they murdered him. They hated him without a cause. And there are people today who hate Jesus without a cause. And there are those today who hate those who are from Jesus without a cause. I will not be friends with them. No, I will not hate them. I will not spew venomous words toward them, but I will not be friends with them. Because one cannot have the father without the son. And if I reject the son, I reject the father. If I reject the father, I reject the son. So Paul, so John says, let truth abide in you. This is my last message. Let truth abide in you. Therefore, let that abide in you which you heard from the beginning. Let it stay in you. Let it be, have a place in you. L- l- let it be your condition. Let it be your relationship. Let it be your, your expectancy. If, if he says if it abide in you It will continue in you. It will dwell in you. It will endure in you. It will be present always in you. It will remain in you. And you will remain too. He says, if what you heard from the beginning abides in you, you also will abide in the Son and in the Father. Remember what Jesus says in John 14, 23. He said, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word, but not by your own strength. And my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. So God is saying, I want you as a dwelling place. Do you believe it? God dwells in me. He abides in me, stays in me, remains in me. And it's a promise. He has promised us eternal life. Verse 25 says, and this is the promise that he promised us, eternal life. How do I know? How do I know that that this is true? Because God promised it. He announced it. He announced it from the scriptures. It's an announcement. I give you eternal life. And, And it is impossible for God to lie. He has given us a pledge. An oath of eternal life. This is us. You say, well, I don't know, Pastor, I get weak. No, you have divine assurance. No, it doesn't matter how weak you get. When you are weak, he's strong. I can tell you in 72 years of life, I have had some weak days. Maybe some of you at my age have never had weak days. But I've had some weak days. I've said to the Lord, I can't make it. I'm sorry. I'm going to let you down. And I heard the voice of God one day said, you will not. I said, don't say that. (laughs) I did. (laughs) Don't say that, Lord. Please. I'm going to let you down. No. And this is what I heard. I said to the devil, he will not fail me. That was amazing. I heard those words. And I thought, oh, Jesus, I wish you hadn't said it. Yeah. He's amazing God. He's promised you. He has promised you. He has assured you. You're going to be all right. You just keep coming to hear the word of God. And as I close today, he says, these things that I have written... you concerning those who try to deceive you i have told you this truth so when they come to deceive you you you'll know they are deceivers you'll know that they are liars you'll know they don't mean you any good no matter what they promise but and 27 says but the anointing which you have received from him abides in you so what he's saying to us brothers and sisters is that the anointing is in us and it's in us to stay the anointing will remain in us. The anointing in us will cause us to endure. The anointing that's in us will cause us to persevere. It doesn't matter what comes, hell, high water. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if we go through fire. It doesn't matter if we go through floods. It doesn't matter. The anointing will remain in you. The anointing cannot leave you because he told the anointing, I give you to them. Hallelujah, somebody. Hallelujah, somebody. Hallelujah, somebody. It's the anointed. It's in you. Hallelujah. You have been gifted. Gifted with the anointing of God. God Himself has laid his hands on you. Wow. Wow. You say, well, why are you so excited? God laid his hands on me. you're saved today, God laid his hands on you. Come on, man, God laid his hands on you. That's a big deal. That's a big thing. Say, I'm weak, I'm weak. Doesn't matter, he's strong. But I don't know, Pastor. That's all right, he knows everything. I don't have any strength. That's all right. He is the omnipotent God. I just can't see my way. That's all right. He sees everything. Everything is naked. Wow. This is great salvation. Great salvation. You're here today. And the Holy Spirit is tugging at your heart. I want you to remain standing, everybody. Just remain standing, those of you who are standing. But the Holy Spirit is tugging at your heart It's because God is talking to you. Maybe something in your heart it's being moved, and it's God talking to you. That's how he talks to you. I'm an English speaker. I didn't, I didn't understand spirit speak. But, but after you're around a language, you start to pick it up. You know what I'm saying? Yo hablo un poco español. Huh? Por qué? Huh, why? Because I'm around it. I know more than enchiladas and tacos. I know more. Uh, yeah. You know, be, well, you're, you're around. So I'm around spirit speak, and so I understand spirit speak. God loves you. And if you're here today, and he's tugging at your heart, this is what I want you to do. If you're not saved, I want you to just raise your hand at me and say, I want to be saved. I want to pray for you right from where I stand. But you got to raise it up, not half mast. I see yours over there. Yes, ma'am. I see yours and yours. Is there another one who would say yes? Anybody? Yes, over there. I see your hands. Yes, yes. Is there another one? Is there anybody here you're not saved and you want to be saved? Just wave your hand. Listen, that's the best decision you'll ever make. Is there anybody else? I'm going to pray for you. Father, you've seen the hands that were raised. Thank you for seeing those hands. And those people, I pray now they would confess their sins, say, Lord, I'm a sinner. I need a savior. I invite you into my heart to forgive me of my sin and to save me today in Jesus' name, for his sake, for his cause, for his purpose if you prayed like that, I believe God heard you. Now that's the beginning, but you need to continue. You see, we, we make it too easy and we, we make it too hard. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. When the philippian jail after having beaten paul and saw the miraculous power of god he says sirs what must i do to be saved paul said believe on the lord jesus and you will be saved you and your household whoa that same night the bible says that same night they all got saved they got baptized the same night same thing happened to lydia in Acts chapter 16 also same thing happened to Cornelius in Acts chapter 10. but Cornelius went beyond family he went to friends got all of his distant relatives are you with me all right now those of you who are here and you're you're born again believers but you said Lord I want to be stronger I want to know my anointing in my sphere I want to operate in a new anointing in my sphere and an awareness of it and I want evidence of it just give your hand to the Lord and I'm praying Father in Jesus name I have told them that as anointed in their sphere as I am in mine and I pray Lord that you would reveal that to them and, and cause them to walk in strength and power in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth Jesus Christ of Nazareth Jesus hear our prayer O oh Lord grant the petition that I'm praying now to you in your name i ask you to do it for them i ask that this be the most powerful people on this planet knowing who they are and taking the message of who you are and what you have done to make them know who they are to the whole world i ask you to do that for them in jesus name amen